This July 4th, celebrate the spirit of freedom and comfort with Minky Couture Blankets. Wrap yourself in the softness of luxury minky fabric as you cozy up under the stars and stripes. Our blankets are designed to ignite your patriotic pride and keep you warm all night long. From backyard barbecues to fireworks in the sky, make every moment memorable with Minky Couture. Indulge in the ultimate comfort and style this Independence Day. Visit us at MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today and embrace the true essence of July 4th with Minky Couture Blankets. Freedom has never felt so cozy. Timothy, put the katowda on. In this episode, we talk to Tracy Rashid about what it's like to be an entrepreneur, the highs and lows, and her life-changing experience on TV. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. With over 200,000 small business owners in the UK hospitality industry and over 43% of the hospitality workforce coming from black, Asian or minority ethnic people and over 57% of the industry being women, we wanted to take a break from how to recruit and attract people into hospitality as employees, but rather speak to an entrepreneur who is instead of looking for a job, has made the leap into doing it for herself. We welcome the fantastic Tracy Rashid, founder of Essence of Cake. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Tim. I'm so happy to be here today. Thanks for having me. So pleased to have you here as well. It's going down. Just working as usual, you know, trying to make sure that there's that work-life balance. I'm at that stage with my family where they're just growing so quickly, so I have to make sure that I make time for them because that's the whole reason why I started my own business is because I want to make time for myself, my family, my interests, just kind of doing what I need to do and trying to make that, that leap into to bigger and better things. Well, we're going to come back to that very, very shortly because our listeners may be thinking there's a voice missing in today's yes. show. Yes. Sadly, yeah. Sarah is unwell today, but she sends her best regards and she looks forward to being back on the show very, very shortly. Sarah, get well soon. Yes, please do. And if you're new to the show, my name's Timothy R. Andrews, and the show is Timothy Put the Kettle On, Talking Hospitality. And I'm here with my wonderful guest, Tracy Rashid. So, Tracy, wonderful to hear from you. So, you have set up your own business. You've actually made the leap, haven't you, from working for other people and then going it alone, as it were. Would you like to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, it definitely is a leap. I would definitely say that's a good <laughs> word to describe it because you're leaving your comfort zone really and going into something that is very unknown even if you are you know a master or a technician in in the role that you're, you're going to be doing so i my background's in learning and development so i've worked for a lot of companies like bmw aon transport for london and have had the luxury of developing people for over 20 years. So I love, I love training. I love teaching. I love sharing the information I have and knowledge I have and the beauty in seeing people change, develop and grow, not just in their roles, but in themselves, in their lives is absolutely amazing. And I was responsible for developing and training you know, apprentices, graduates, all the way up to the leadership team. So I had to obviously play things safe certain times, depend on who I was who I was working with, but really making sure that I, I kind of showed my passion 
for learning and, and the need to always grow and develop. I think it, it just never goes. And I think it's something that I always instill in people that I work with. So I loved what I did. Um, and I still do, I still love training. I still love developing people. But what happened, as I kind of mentioned earlier, is I had, I had children. And it's true what they say, they change everything, <laughs> they really do. And I just remember looking at my daughter, she's my second child, and I was like, I just want to be around. I just want the opportunity to do the school run, although most I complain about that now, but I wanted the opportunity to, to do the school run and just be around. My thought process was, what can I do that doesn't require retraining? Can I do that's a business? That I can just start really and I've been baking forever like absolutely ever with my grandmothers in the kitchen you know on a, on a Sunday or after school so I've been baking and thought yeah cake <laughs> I can do that I've been doing it as a hobby so let's just transition and it literally was an overnight decision really? let's go yeah it really was it wasn't something that was a burning desire for years and years and years it was just the opp opportunity presented itself and i thought let's let's go for it let's do it let's let's transition into my passion into my business so did something trigger it like did something lead you to go right now i'm just gonna s switch i think there was a, a gra it was gradual but there was a big switch as well so the gradual was you know, although again loved what i did at transport for london but i realized there was a cap in regards to what I was doing. What I'd cleverly done was I'd carved a lovely position for myself that doesn't exist anywhere else. So when I was looking for other jobs, it's like, hey, this my role is not out there. So I'd have to be something different if I wanted sure. to continue. Um, I was looking after people, capability and development. So working with HR, but in the IT department to really bridge the skill gap mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and make sure that people had the skills for the future as well, not just for right now. I kind of thought, there's only so far I can go with this. Yeah. And if I want to move to the next step, it's more being a senior manager and that sort of thing. And that's not really want, what I wanted to do. And also seeing the stresses that the other senior managers had, you know, just for sure. more money, I, it just wasn't where I wanted to go. So the, the clogs were ticking, but I didn't know what the direction was going to be. It wasn't, oh, I need to work for myself. It was just what's going to be next. And then the kids kind of really hurried that process up. So like with um, Essence of Cake, I mean, some of your products, the cakes you make are just beautiful. And I mean, these Thank are not you. skills that are, you just happen to have. How have you <laughs> managed to get those skills? I think it's in the blood a little bit. My dad is an amazing artist. Like he, he like drew a landscape or painted a landscape as, as a picture for my mum for their engagement present. He used to draw, I made him draw me constantly as a child, like always. Um, his brother um, had learning difficulties and one of the ways they used to connect was through drawing. So it's always been there, I've always seen it. And at school, at college, you know, I loved CDT, if anyone knows what that means. These days, I think, I I think it's age. exactly <laughs> craft design technology for all you young people out there. I think you call it DT now. And um, for American listeners. Oh, well. yes, yeah. indeed. So I, you know, I was ha I loved doing all that stuff and being creative and just learning how to work with different materials and understand them. And then I was like, I want to be a graphic designer. That's that's what I want to do. So I went to college that had a great graphics department um, did that for two years, did design technology, did life drawing as well. And coincidentally, I did business studies because I, I knew at some point I'd work for myself. I didn't know when yeah. that would be, but I was like, let's learn about business and, and kind sure. of working for yourself. So the creative has always been there. And then I realized how long I'd have to be at university for and 
decided I didn't want to be a graphic designer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's contradictory because I love learning, but I was kind of done with that academic way of learning and I decided to get a job. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with, with what I'm doing now, but that's what I decided I wanted to do. I wanted to get into the world, start learning business, I guess. Yeah. And so the creative has always been there. The training development, you are designing posters, you're designing training materials, you're, you're being creative. You know, you've got different listeners, different learners, different people in the classroom that all have a different way of receiving information. So you have to be creative with how you present it. So I've always been in that field, I guess, just in very, very different ways. Essence of Cake, how did you get the name? I love this name. So when I was working or when I was working and running my cake stuff as a kind of side hustle, I called it cakes to a tea. So I love the phrase everything done to a tea because everyone knows that. So that's where that came from. So I was selling cakes through work and did a Facebook page, did a little um, website, things like that. But when I decided to do it as a, as a job, not a hobby, I felt that didn't really encompass what, what I do. So I um, had a brand consultant, had a half day session with him and we just brainstormed. Like what, what does, what's important to you? And what kind of came out of that session was always that cake is at the heart of what I do. It's at the center. It's, it's like my soul and essence. That's what that means. It really does mean those words. So we thought, well, cake needs to be in there somewhere. So essence of cake is, is what we came up with. And it was literally just a few hours. I knew what I wanted. It made yeah. it easier for that, that name to come out. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. If someone's listening here and they're thinking, oh, you know, I, I, I've had, I've been working for somebody else, but there's a little spark inside them saying, you know, actually I want to try this what would you say are some of the pros and cons of being an entrepreneur i would say i'll start with pros Mm -hmm. i think not having lots of red tape you know we've all worked in organizations where to get anything done you need 20 million signatures on something just to sign off a a post-it note and it gets a bit onerous it really does so (laughs) trust me i've been there so i think you know having that autonomy to make changes to adapt to respond to what's going on in the world. I mean, the pandemic, you know, I know you did, you covered a lot in, in your series on that. Yeah. If I was working for someone else, I think it would have been harder to make the changes that I, I made and I could respond literally overnight to, to what was going on. Sure. So I love the fact that I have the, the ability to do that and to be creative and to test things. And, you know, if it fails, it's just part of my steps to success. It's not the end of the world. So, you know, having that ability to say, you know what, I will try this and I will see if it works for me and works for my customers. I absolutely love that side of it. And yes, you do tend to work slightly harder at the beginning and longer hours than you would work for someone else. But when it's for you, it kind of doesn't matter. My mum lives with me. So there's sometimes I'm working and she has to say to me, go to bed, it's late. And I'm like, I don't want to. I'm almost finding things to do because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I was always afraid that turning my hobby into my, my, my business would ruin my hobby. But actually, it's just enlightened it. It's made it grow and spread to dimensions I wouldn't have done as a hobby, but I'm able to do as a business. So that freedom, the time, the fact that I can do a sneaky cinema trip during the day yeah. <laughs> on my own, because I like doing that, you know, that you can't say to your boss, I'm just going to go to the cinema for a couple of hours. I'll be back later. So again, being able to carve the time out that I want when I need it is absolutely fantastic. It's the trade-off, isn't it? It is the trade-off. It is, it is, definitely. And just 
the the people I get to meet, the situations I get to put myself in, it's just so encouraging and inspiring and just makes me want to keep going. Cons, I mean, working on your own is not always the easiest thing, um, especially if you're not particularly comfortable with your own space and your own self. So that can be a, a con definitely, but I think there's always ways to mitigate that. There's, you know, networking groups, doing a podcast. <laughs> and there's lots of things you can do to kind of get out there and, and be around other people, even like the workspaces that you can, mm -hmm. you know, the shared workspaces. So there is, I think any con that you come across, you can mitigate it. Making decisions. Sometimes you don't realize how much you bounce off other people to make decisions and kind of grow your ideas and develop them. So when you're sat there on your own, you it's harder it's harder to come mm. up with that that solution so i do bore friends and family constantly <laughs> with with stuff that i'm thinking about but it's great because they're in different industries they do different yeah. things they've got different backgrounds so they do give me inspiration that i wouldn't have thought of on my own don't just sit there and do things on your own because you think it's my business and i have sure. to get out there and still speak to people as you would if you were working for someone else. Very and advice. yeah, yeah, thank you. We touched upon, I think it's important to, to raise, it's about, you talked about giving back, getting out there, but also your background in training and development. And one mm. of the things that you're very active in at the moment is getting involved with teaching or educating young people yes. uh, at schools about our industry. Um, and I know you're very, very proactive about it. Um, would you like to talk a little bit about that? Why you I do would. It? Yeah, I think you have to be proactive, whatever industry you're in. And my main pickup from what you just said was our industry, which is obviously hospitality. Now, when I started um, this crazy world of cake, I didn't think of myself in hospitality. Mm. I, it was I'm a cake maker um, is how I looked at it. And my transition, and I'm so glad I did it, was thinking about myself and how I present myself. Now, a lot of people would say I'm a baker and there's nothing wrong with that. But when I think baker, I think bread uh, is what, I, what I'm thinking about. Mm. And I don't really do bread. I do some enriched doughs, but not bread as a whole. So I thought, well, what, what do I call myself? Because cake maker again, doesn't really sell it because yeah. it could just be, you know, a Victoria sponge that's not decorated for example. So I came up with cake artists and I felt that really, oh, brilliant. it just, oh, it just sung to me because I do, it is an art. Yes, it is an art. And it does, I don't know, it just makes you think differently. So when I'm yeah. at the schools, I talk to them about this, this progress and change that I've had. And I ask them the questions, what do you think when you think baker? What do you think when you, when you hear cake maker? And what do you think when you say cake artist? And the words they come up with is, is so much different. It's like, mm. you're, you know, you're using colors and textures and you know, what you think of with an artist, maybe writing or drawing on canvas or any other medium. So that's what I liked with that transition. And then I saw, um, was Marco Pierre White's said an amazing quote and you know when you just think oh this mm. just sums everything up so he said if you work with your hands you're a laborer if you work with your hands and your head then you're a craftsman and if you work with your hands your head your heart you're an artist Fantastic. and i you know when you hit and that just made me think okay i've made the right decision that really is perfect for me when i made that decision is when i don't know hospitality kind of came into my head and that has really opened so many doors now for me. And the biggest one has been working with schools and the next generation is important to instill certain things. And again, 
when I asked, what do you think of hospitality or roles in hospitality? It's chef, it's waiter, yeah. waitress. So I love going in and saying, well, I'm in hospitality and I'm a cake artist. And it just blows their mind that, oh, there's other things to do. And there's other things that are available that they may not have thought yeah. of that, that coexist in that, that industry. Fantastic. You're a little bit famous, you, aren't you? <laughs> There's a, you know, you're hiding your light under the bush a little bit, but somebody mm. has been on TV recently, haven't they? Yes, it was you, Timothy, wasn't it? Because I don't think... That was me, you. but it's not <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> However, tell me about your time on TV, because it was oh. quite life-changing for you, wasn't it? It was quite an, um, an immense experience. Would you like to tell us about it? I would love to tell you, because it was... I still have to pinch myself, because I still can't believe I went through this experience. So in December, I got a phone call, kind of early December, and Armory Gishon makes a compass cake. So look that up because it's amazing, amazing piece of cake artistry. And the person on the phone was asking me, okay, I need to make this cake. Can you give me some recommendations and advice as to how I make the compass stamp and blah, blah, blah. So I gave him loads of advice and I do that. I'm happy to advise him. He wasn't buying anything off me, but to me, I just love to share, I love to give. And he appreciated that. So whilst we're on the phone, he looked at my website, said, oh, okay, liking what you do, how are your, your pastry uh, chef skills? Now, I kind of forget that I am a qualified pastry chef. I, I genuinely do. I said, yeah, I've, I've done it, I can do it, I can make pastries, it's, it's fine. And so he said to me that he had been invited to attend the European Gelato Cup in Italy in January the following year so a month away and the chef that he had the pastry chef that he'd selected may not be able to attend so would I be interested now I just said yes because I, I do say yes I say yes and I think about how I deal with it afterwards because I think if you say no you can miss out on so much mm. so I said yes he said fine I'll send the details over to you chances are it will be you but I'll let you know I remember putting the phone down and thinking I don't have a passport it's been locked down. I, I didn't renew my passport. So I had to renew my passport. Luckily it took three weeks. I can't even believe wow. it was so quick. And before I knew it, we're practicing. What didn't occur to me was I was going to have to make this compass cake because he'd already submitted uh. what he was making. <laughs> now, anyone who's quickly Googling this during this podcast, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And the hardest thing is this lovely sugar dome on top that's made from from sugar and so I had to practice that and learn it and know that I had to repeat it four times during this competition the burns the blisters the hot hot sugars no joke people it it hurts <laughs> it really hurts and um on my Instagram I had posted some of my injuries my war wounds as I called them because there was so there were so many mm. so yeah off to Rimini there was three of us so um Tassir is the number one gelato maker in the UK and he was asked to head up the team and I ended up learning so much about gelato. It was just, it's an amazing world, I have to say. How I ended up in this team, I don't know. It's just, it's still, it's still a whirlwind, but it was such an amazing experience. It was three days of competition, 12 hour days, like a hotel was opened just to host the competitors and the team behind it. They shipped us to um, 
the exhibition center every day like hospitality was paid for and they, they really did look after us because you just had to focus on on working mm. and yeah it just it was televised it was live it was streaming there it was an exhibition center of lots of stuff bakery chocolate etc so there's people walking around watching what we're doing being interviewed halfway through what you're doing but the craziest thing for me was we had to practice the walkout and practice where we had to stand and waving at the camera and you know saying who we are and who we're representing and we did represent the uk and that really struck home when they were like here's your flag big flag so when you hear your national anthem start walking it was like what i'm walking out of my net i'm competing for the uk it really just sunk in at that moment i mean you can i'm smiling i'm sure yeah. you can hear that i'm smiling because it was absolutely amazing the third part of our team was uh, seb so he has a number of um gelato shops and i know that's not the way to say it but gelato shops is what i'm saying in sorry seb, if you're sorry sorry i can never remember the way to say it um but he has a series of shops in uh, brighton mm -hmm. and to see has one in east Dulwich, and we just clicked we just clicked and we were so excited we actually came fifth and so we just missed going into the worlds, which will be January 24. But the experience was, it was just enough. So if people listening to this, where can they find you? If they want to find out about cakes, where do they go? And of course, we will be providing links. Perfect. It's essenceofcake.com, social media, at essenceofcakeuk. Yeah, we're on LinkedIn, Facebook, website, Insta. So we try and cover all of the, the different mediums out there that people respond to. Thank you. Oh, what's that, Tracy? What was that sound? I don't, oh, I don't know. You're scaring me. That sound <laughs> sounds like the end of the interviews, but time for a quick fire question round. Oh, gosh, I've heard about these. Put the cuppa down. Question time. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a simple game. Yep. All we have to do is we ask you a question, you've got to give one word answer. Okay, that's, well, that's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are you ready, Tracy? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. What is your favourite city in the world? London. What is the best restaurant you have ever been to? Meat and wine. Finish the phrase, the way to my heart is... Uh, with food. <laughs> what is the best ever board game you've played? Oh, Monopoly. Who is your favourite type of customer? A focused customer. Pint or cocktail? Cocktail. What is your Hogwarts house? Ooh, Gryffindor. What is most likely to distract you when you work from home? The sun. <laughs> <laughs> What was or what is the last book you read? Oh, gosh, this is really bad. I can't even remember the name of it. But was it any good? I was great. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it your was hero? It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your hero? Oh, my mum. What is the best non-curse one word insult? Really? <laughs> <laughs> name your favourite onomatopoeia. Sizzle. What is a good spy code name for you? Mm. 
I was going to say cake lady, but it wouldn't it'd be obvious it's me, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't think you've, you've passed the MI5 interview. <laughs> what song would you want played at your funeral? Who runs the world? What's your favourite Sunday activity? Sitting on the sofa with my family. Do you prefer foreign food or do you prefer English food like a Chinese or an Indian? <laughs> <laughs> foreign <laughs> oxford street is the perfect place for shopping but quality street has no shops whatsoever who's to blame the chocolate lovers sadly that is all we have time for you are off the hook luckily for you tracy that was intense <laughs> it's scary isn't it it is. Oh, I was really saying, oh, it's not scary. Just don't scare them, Tim. It's terrifying <laughs> it's, because your brain just switches right off. You've affected my whole day now. I know. <laughs> that cake is just going to be a cake full of tears, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. I'll still sell it, though. No, not really. Yeah, still <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Tracy. It's been hugely inspirational. I hope that people listening Thank you. will maybe if you're, they're thinking about setting their own business up, they will actually make the leap. Yeah, um, it's worth it, people. It's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you. Care. See you later. Hello, Bye. Everyone. Sadly, that's all of this episode of Timothy Put the Cattell on, but tune in next week where we will have another fabulous guest and we will be talking hospitality. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great week and stay awesome. Timothy, put the cattell on. was Marco Pierre White said an amazing quote and you know when you just think oh this mm. just sums everything up and he said if you work with your hands you're a <laughs> blooper reel <laughs> I've said this so many times I can't believe that just went out of my head you will fail so what everybody does but your gym your watch your yoga pants they pretend you won't so when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.